The Medical Alley podcast is brought to you by MentorMate. Custom software needs vary significantly, whether you're powering a medical device, overhauling your backend architecture, or reimagining your patient experience, MentorMate can help. Harnessing the technical excellence of Bulgaria, MentorMate provides end-to-end software services in all sectors of healthcare. With deep expertise in design, development, cloud, and software support, MentorMate helps healthcare clients administer world-class care through technology. Learn more at MentorMate.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone out there in Medical Alley. Thank you again for joining us on the Medical Alley podcast. We have a fantastic discussion coming up today on a topic that I know to many of you is incredibly important and something that um, our community and our board of directors has been working on extensively, talking about health equity. And I'm so pleased today to be joined by a wonderful person to give us some insight on this, who also is coming from one of the uh, hottest startup companies, although maybe not a startup anymore, in the Medical Alley community. We're joined by Dr. Lawal from Bright Health Group. Dr. Lawal, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Thank you so much, Frank. Thank you for that very humbling introduction. I'm doing good. All about you, Frank. I'm very good. It's always a good day when it's a Monday and I get to start it with a podcast with interesting people. Maybe you could start with, could you give us a little introduction on yourself? Tell us a bit about your background and then maybe talk a bit about Bright Health Group. Thank you so much for giving the opportunity to do that. And like you've said in the introduction, I'm Luke Malawal. I'm a physician. I'm a public health professional as well as a global health expert. I serve as the vice president of health equity for Bright Health Group. And Bright Health Group, as you've introduced, is an organization that works in the healthcare space. We have a triad of health insurance, provision of healthcare services, and healthcare technology. And we are the edge of trying to align healthcare in such a way that we align the financial aspect of healthcare, we align the clinical delivery of healthcare, as well as aligning the patient's uh, interests and what they require in a way that is different from the traditional way healthcare has been provided in the United States. Very good. And yeah, we're going to come back to that, that alignment, that triad in a moment. But before we do, before you came to Bright Health Group, you were at a, another one of the really fascinating companies in Medical Alley, Starkey, and you had studied medicine, you had studied public health. I'm curious, what ultimately brought you to go from, say, delivering medicine, practicing medicine to working in technology companies like a Starkey and now Bright Health Group? Oh, thank you for that very nice question. I'll quickly give a background of how I grew up. So I was born and raised in Nigeria, uh, which is a West African country. And while I was growing up in Nigeria, I saw real life the potential challenges of health disparities between the haves and have-nots. And you see where people die for no just cause, but because of where they were born, where they live, where they work and where they play. And that kind of incentivized me to want to go study medicine. And while I studied medicine, I loved it. I enjoyed it. And I started to work in one of the busiest hospitals in Sub-Saharan Africa. And I saw the challenges with poor infrastructure and understanding that I wouldn't be able to make a difference on my own. And what I really saw that wanted me to become a physician was like, how do I stop 
they need less deaths through maternal mortality, through infant mortality. But unfortunately, serving as a physician, I really saw firsthand like, wow, maybe this needed to be solved upstream rather than downstream. And that kind of influenced my thoughts of really looking for the top schools of public health. How do you use a public health approach to uh, the piece of public health, prevention of illnesses, sicknesses and diseases, promotion of health, and hopefully prolongation of life? How do you use that to solve the problem upstream rather than trying to kill patients that are almost like are the downstream piece of uh, of health? So that's what really informed my decision to go from clinical practice to start working, uh, thinking about public health. And more importantly, during this last two, three years, I decided to get a business degree in business administration because I saw the challenge and the mismatch between people that work in clinical services and the healthcare management as a business. And that is one of the gaps I'm hoping to fill as well. And like you asked, I started my I started to work for Starkey here in technologies. I worked more on the foundation side, which is more of the philanthropic side of Starkey. And that's gave me an opportunity to travel to over 70 countries, mainly the lower middle-income countries. And traveling to these lower middle-income countries also gave me more like a eureka moment in my career trajectory. I was able to see real life, the differences between haves and have-nots. It really played out health inequities better than you can learn from any four walls of a classroom. For example, if you're in Malawi trying to fit hearing aids on patients, you so we drive like maybe two, three hours on that road to go fit hearing aids in the morning. We call to go do that and serve the patient. And late at night, we're driving back into the city and having meetings and having uh, dinners with the president and the prime ministers. So putting these two side by side, the very poor patients served in the morning in the villages in Malawi compared to the lavish lifestyles of the leaders. That also gives me more insight, better than I can really learn from any Ivy League school. And that's like part of what has driven me to say, how do I be part of the solution of really trying to solve the problem whereby people have opportunities to maximize their health potentials in life? Oh, indeed. And you, you talked about in the, in the start of your commentary there, the the health administration, the clinical practice, and I think this, the second time you've talked about alignment. And I'm curious if you could expand a bit on that of you know the, the misalignments that exist today and what you're looking at within Bright Health Group and how you get better alignment, whether it's in general or specifically to address health inequities. Oh, that's a very good question. And for us, uh, for me personally and for Bright Health Group, what we're hoping to achieve is such that there's an alignment between the patient needs, the financial aspect of payment, as well as the clinical and healthcare services that is provided in such a way that there's no disjointed system whereby it's difficult for the patient to navigate the healthcare system. So it's a one-stop place where it aligns what the payment needs to look like what the provision of services needs to look like and what the health insurance needs to look like. So that is our health, uh, Bright Health Group operates the triad, like I said, of mm-hmm. the provider side, which is the new health. We have the Bright Healthcare, which is the health insurance of the payer side. Then we have the dog squad, which is the health technology, which is the triad that kind of forms 
the Bright Health Group. So we are open to provide the services that is not obtainable currently in the United States, which regards an alignment system whereby there's a single one-stop space where you can obtain your healthcare and the payment is done seamlessly and you get the best of healthcare that you deserve. Well, indeed. And then with that sort of alignment, right, the Bright Health Group is successful if the patient has good outcomes and it has good health. And so you're you're all in alignment. This is overly simplified, but I often think about in Medical Alley's work, we only do well if the community and the ecosystem does well. So our business is in alignment with the community. What I'm hearing you describe is building a business with that triad where the health outcomes are aligned to the financial success. So you all are motivated to drive the out health outcomes. That That's really quite unique. And I, I want to then back up for a moment and talk specifically about health equity and you know, your story with, you know, traveling to different countries, like traveling to Malawi and seeing the stark contrast. I think sometimes in the U.S. we like to think about how successful we are, how good we are, but we know there are stark health inequities here. And maybe could you set maybe just a, a baseline for our group of how would you define health equity and then why is it important for healthcare in general that we remove health inequities? For me, I like to provide a definition as simple as possible. There are tons of definitions on health equity. And not that any of them is wrong, but to be able to connect to the audience and to be able to say something that may be actionable sometime tomorrow. For me, health equity means everyone having fair and just opportunity to achieve their maximal health potential. I was quite choosy with the words of fair and just, and I didn't use equal Mm -hmm. in the sense that we are not advocating for everyone to have equal access or outcome because we just want fair and just opportunity for every single person, irrespective of race, ethnicity, gender, or sexual orientation and respective of socioeconomic status for you to have the maximal health potential that you're destined to have. And that speaks a lot to how do you help remove the barriers? How do you help remove the baggages? And I'll give you an analogy. If you have maybe three people having a 100-meter dash and Mr. A has a big bag on his back, Mr. B has seven others that he needs to scale through. And Mr. C is placed at uh, 30 meters to the finish line. There is no fairness. There's no justice. So what I'm advocating and what health equity advocates for is how do we ensure the guy with the baggages, how his baggage is removed, the guy that has others in front of him, has the others removed, and now we have a fair playing ground. Then you can even take it up a notch. You assess their muscles and you assess their physical ability and you're able to place them at the different areas on the track so that you have been able to promote equity. That is really giving to people what they need towards achieving their healthcare uh, potential. And for us, we understand the potential challenges that has to do with the social determinants of health, where you live, where you work, where you play, and how you do all of those things. And that speaks volume to 
do this patients or members have the right transportation to get to care where they need to? Do they have the right educational access and educational quality to be able to get the right employment in the future and to improve their economic earnings? Do they have access to the right food to eat? Do they have right access to the neighborhoods that would promote the best of health outcomes? So these are a myriad of things that really drive health that we don't really know. Because in the real sense of it, healthcare as we know it accounts for barely 20% of what leads to health, health outcomes. The other things, which is around 80%, is accounted for by the social determinants of health. And there's always a mismatch between spending. We tend to spend so much money on healthcare as opposed to the social drivers of health, social determinants of health. So uh, this thing I would like to say how do we get to a place where we place high premium, we place priority on the social determinants of health, and we drive health outcomes for the most vulnerable, African-Americans, Hispanics, Native Americans, LGBTQIA+, people below the federal poverty line. How do we ensure they get the fair and just opportunity to maximize their health potential? I, I've heard various definitions before and various explanations, but I have to say that actually really has me thinking about it differently because I think sometimes people may, and you said this, equity is not equality of outcomes. It's not everyone having the same. Your race analogy of the, the three people racing the 100 meters, I think actually illustrates how health equity is truly about individualization and about each individual coming into the healthcare system or coming into the world with a different history, a different set of experiences, a different set of resources. And that has an outcome or has an impact on how they interact with healthcare and the outcomes they get. Um, thank you. That That's even for me today, as I've had lots of conversations with it, that is really just immediately changing how I'm thinking about it. And so maybe the last thing I'll ask you as we, we close up here, you know, we're in a community that that is known around the world for healthcare and for health innovation. And for better or worse, a lot of the people here are the ones who made the system as it is today and are now working on making a better system or a better environment. Is is there any advice you would have for would-be entrepreneurs, other innovators, or other clinicians that maybe are thinking about how to make a larger impact in how they should think about health equity and how it relates to their work. I totally like that. And I totally like the last question you are using to close in the sense that part of what many organizations have struggled with is how do you balance the moral imperative with a business case for health equity? And I tell people, like, and that's what we are trying to do and we are currently doing at Bright Health Group. For example, we have a large chunk of our patients and members who are minorities. And the only way you can be successful as a business is if you serve that demographic better than anyone else, meaning there will be your mouthpiece, there will be your advocates. So at the end of the day, it's beyond you doing some set of people a favor. You are really doing yourself a favor because it adds to your bottom line. If you serve them better, they will be your advocate, they will be your mouthpieces, they will tell their friends and relatives that you need this kind of services, you go to this organization. So I pitched this to 
innovators and people working in the health technology space. You should view health equity or you should view doing good as the moral compass of your organization or but beyond that, you should see it as something that adds to the bottom line, something that adds to your dollar bills in the sense that the more you serve people well, the more you do what is traditionally known as good, the better your business is perceived, the better your brand is perceived. And at the long run, we are in the world now, this, uh, most importantly because of the COVID pandemic, we are in a world now that investors and businesses are looking to invest in organizations that have displayed their willingness to do better things for the world. We now know what matters. And for you to be one of those organizations that is seen as an organization that is out there for the good of the people, that adds so much value to your brand. And I will pitch to investors and uh, new entrants into businesses to see more of doing good beyond moral compass, but more of something that adds to their business bottom line, more as a business case, more as a business imperative, as opposed to singularly seeing it as a moral imperative. So that's more of what I hope we can end with today. See it more as a business case, see it more as something that adds to your bottom line and not just only doing good. Well said, yeah, not just good, but also good for business. And I think that's a great place to close it. You've demonstrated there there can be, there should be an alignment between that moral compass and building a great business. And that alignment comes from serving our communities, serving our customers to the best of our abilities. So Dr. Lawal, I want to say thank you so much for joining us for this conversation and for being a part of the Medical Alley community. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed myself. And folks, that is another episode of the Medical Alley podcast. If you don't already subscribe, make sure to check out medicalalleypodcast.org, or you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Have a great day.